legal thoughts. Coleman Jackson, attorney and counselor at law. Welcome to Tax Thoughts. My name is Coleman Jackson and I'm an attorney at Coleman Jackson PC, a taxation, government contracts, litigation and immigration law firm based in Dallas, Texas. Our topic for today is tax consequences of equitable adjustments. Other members of Coleman Jackson PC are Ulyssa Molina, tax legal assistant, Lidiani Gutierrez, litigation legal assistant, Raina Munoz, immigration legal assistant, and Myra Torres, public relations associate. On this Legal Thoughts podcast, our public relations associate, Myra Torres, will be asking the questions and I will be responding to her questions on this very important tax topic, tax consequences of equitable adjustments. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Mayra Torres, and I'm the Public Relations Associate at Coleman Jackson PC. Coleman Jackson PC is a law firm based right here in Dallas, Texas, representing clients from around the world in taxation, litigation, and immigration law. Attorney, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to discuss this very important topic with respects to our tax government contract and immigrant clients. Could you define what is equitable adjustment as in the law? Good afternoon, Myra. That is a very wide open ball field, Myra. The term equitable adjustment is largely undefined in tax law, government contracts law, wills and estate law, as well as in Title VII civil rights laws of the United States. But equitable adjustments are common in all of these areas of law. Let me explain the term equitable adjustment generally first. And then you can ask more specific questions concerning the tax consequences and other factors if you want. One, equitable adjustment broadly deals with equity. It deals with what is fair, right, and just to all parties concerned without prejudicing, favoring, or imposing any undue hardship on anyone. Two, equitable adjustment can be a claim based in equity asking a court, administrative forum, or other judicial body to decide a dispute based on the principles of equity and fundamental fairness and decency. Three, equitable adjustment deals with what is fair, and as any parent knows the phrase, that is not fair. It's a frequent refrain of their children. The rules of determining what is equity can be extremely discretionary. For example, equity courts, such as the U.S. bankruptcy courts, are granted broad discretion in determining what is fair or equitable in a bankruptcy proceeding. This is only one example in the law. The term equitable adjustment can be found throughout the Federal Acquisition Regulations, or FAR, that establish the regulations and rules governing federal government procurement contracts. You will find the term used in wills and estate law, in the distribution of estate assets between beneficiaries or heirs of the decedent. The term equitable is foundational to all of the United States anti-bias laws, such as bans on discrimination based on race, age, gender, disabilities, and so forth. As you can see, the term equitable adjustment is found in numerous areas of the law. Wherever equitable adjustment is found, you also find discretion because they are like twins. 
And also, there are typically tax consequences because in a monetary sense, equitable adjustment quantified means increases or decreases in net worth of the parties impacted. Attorney, that all sounds extremely complicated and whatever legal contact can we just limit our conversation this afternoon to the tax consequences of equitable adjustments as it relates to government contract law my second question would be what is equitable adjustment as it pertains to a government contract law that is an area that our law firm practices so let's stick to that area of law what is an equitable adjustment in public contract law. As I stated before, the federal acquisition regulations, that's the FAR, that governs all aspects of federal public contract law, does not define the term equitable adjustment directly. But the term is used, it can be found throughout the FAR. Similar local and state procurement rules and regulations have the same equitable adjustment principles, although the specific regulations are not the same as the FAR. So let me limit my conversation here to the federal acquisition regulations. In federal contracting, what is bargained for or contracted for may change during the performance of the work. This creates the need for government and its contractors to be flexible and cooperative when there is a need to substitute one thing under the contract for something else or add this thing or service to the contract and take that product or service away. Modification and change are common to government contracting. And remember what I said previously about equity or fairness. Equitable adjustments are to adjust the contract price to account for these modifications, changes, or different site conditions. Equitable adjustment is attempting to make the government contractor whole. The contractor should not come out with less merely because the government changed its mind and the cost of performance went up. Attorney, you have made that very plain and simple to understand. Equity adjustments in public contracts are there to help treat everybody right. The government deserves to be treated right and so does the businesses who provide its goods and services. But attorney, although it's clear that equitable adjustments is designed to treat the government and the contractor right, but how do they determine what is right? Mara, that is a very astute comment and observation. What is right or fair is the subject of a lot of government contract disputes, as you can imagine. Like I pointed out earlier, parents hear the refrain from their children all the time. That is not fair or some variation of it. Without going into the intricate federal acquisition regulation provisions dealing with equitable adjustments claims in federal contracting, let me just say that the responsibility is first placed on the government contractor to, one, keep accurate contemporary records of direct costs of added or changed work. Second, keep accurate contemporary records of indirect costs allocable to the added or changed work. Third, Keep accurate spreadsheets and allocations showing their profit and loss implications from the additions, deletions, modifications, and the cost of performance pursuant to the government's explicit change orders or implicit directives. Finally, fourth, prepare and present equitable adjustment claims to the contracting officer or the contract designee. 
who receive and decide equitable adjustment claims pursuant to the federal acquisition regulation requirements. Attorney, what are the tax implications in the event the government approves the equitable adjustment claim? There would be federal tax consequences to the government who pays the equitable adjustment claim, and there will be tax consequences to the contractor who receives the equitable adjustment. Federal governmental agencies are exempt from federal taxes, but understanding the tax implications of equitable adjustments could likely be a helpful thing to know in negotiations with contractors. Equitable adjustments produce income for the contractor on the Internal Revenue Code. The public contractor must comply with the Internal Revenue Code and its regulations as it pertains to gross income and reasonable and necessary business expenses may be deductible. I will simply leave the tax consequences to these general federal tax principles for now, but intricate federal tax consequences could be implicated regarding equitable adjustments. Perhaps it's best practice to know the tax consequences when negotiating the equitable adjustment. This falls in the area of tax planning. It is prudent to know the tax implications of any transaction prior to concluding the transaction. Negotiating equitable adjustments with the government are no different from any other major business transaction which could have tax consequences. It is probably prudent to travel with a map or some form of directional tool, for example. Tax implications and equitable adjustment is the same thing know the likely tax effect in advance. Attorney, I know you're short on time and need to get back to that meeting. So let's wrap this up for now. We should visit this topic again later because you mentioned earlier several legal areas where equitable adjustments are perhaps relevant to our Legal Thought Podcast audience. We have been talking about on tax consequences of equitable adjustments. Our listeners who want to hear more podcasts like this should subscribe to our legal podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever they listen to their podcasts. You can follow our blogs by going to our law firm's website at www.cjacksonlaw.com. Come back in about two weeks for more taxation, government contract litigation, and immigration legal thoughts from Coleman Jackson, PC. We are located right here in Dallas, Texas. Our address is 6060 North Central Expressway, Suite 620. Zip code is 72006. If you guys do want to reach us by phone, the English line phone number is 214-599-0431. The Spanish one is 214-599-0432. And we also take calls in Portuguese, which is 214-272-3100. This is the end of Legal Thoughts for now. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to inform you about the tax consequences of equitable adjustments. If you want to see or hear more taxation, government contracts, litigation, and immigration legal thoughts from Coleman Jackson, PC, stay tuned. Watch for a new Legal Thoughts podcast in about two weeks and check out our law firm's website. That's where you can find our blogs at www.cjacksonlaw.com. We are here in Dallas, Texas, and want to inform, educate, and encourage our communities on topics dealing with taxation, government contracts, litigation, and immigration. Until next time, take care.